Hi, I'm Allison Hare. I'm a former corporate executive who left my lifelong career last year, but I didn't have a plan. I've been documenting my journey on how to find a new way to work and live without the burnout and searching for a more aligned path. Here on the Late Learner Podcast is where we explore some game-changing topics. So if you're like me, you might have also outgrown your container. You know that you're made for more and you're asking yourself, what else is possible for me? So I'm glad you're here. So what are we late learning today? Well, what would it mean if you let yourself age as nature intended? No more Botox, no more hair coloring, no injections, maybe no makeup. (gasps) This could send me in a full-blown panic attack. And it's a larger conversation over how beauty and youth take up so much real estate in our minds. Justine Bateman has been all over the news about her letting her face just age naturally. And the whole world is going bananas over it. And for what? My guest today is world-renowned yoga and meditation teacher, but not just any teacher. This is Gwyneth Paltrow's instructor, and her name is Elena Brower. She's a best-selling author, an accomplished poet, and the host of the Chart-Topping Practice You podcast. And boy, this conversation took a very unexpected hard left turn. Today, we are going to reconsider your own values and beliefs around beauty, aging, and self-compassion and nonviolent communication. Also, we get a huge bonus that Elena closed our conversation with a powerful and impromptu meditation to take us home. But before we talk to Elena Brower, let's get to the good stuff. What is stuff you ask? Well, it's surprisingly true, useful fun facts. Today's is from a study from one poll on behalf of Behold Retreats. And the research shows that people who consider themselves, I use this in air quotes, spiritually fulfilled, are twice as likely to believe that they control their happiness. Personally, I always struggled with the idea of letting go and letting it simply be God's plan. And also, we're a nation of control freaks, so this data tracks. Chalk one up to the power of manifestation. Stay until the end of this episode for the second installment of The Good Stuff to close out this show. So I am thrilled to welcome Elena Brower. Elena, you came to me not through the yoga and meditation, and I've actually heard your work on Mm. other podcasts, but I didn't put two and two together. The way you came to me was through your words and your poetry. Mm. And so welcome. Welcome to Late Learner. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Allison. I have to say, can I read something from your poetry? Or at least that's from your usually how way. I that's usually how I do my my podcast is I fall in love with the person if I don't know them I find them and I reach out and then I read them their own writing. I noticed you asked for permission. I never do. I just launch into it. I was like maybe I should do that. <laughs> but that's fun. One thing I noticed about your writing that I think is very profound is your writing. Your mind assumes that it's going to say 
the opposite. So if you say dark, you expect light. Or if you expect heavy, you expect something else. You don't do that at all. It's like completely anti-cliche. And so here is one passage. It's an invitation to go inside to see everything and slowly, quietly transform what is heavy into more grounding and change what is dark into a profound and lasting teaching. Elena. It's the spoken word for above and beyond. It we had is. so much it, fun making that. I'm obsessed with it. Um, it mm-hmm. instantly puts me in a place. And I need to ask you and start our conversation off with this. When I listen to your voice, you have such an urgent cadence to you where uh, the feeling of self-compassion, of healing, of being in a place that is transcendent with the junk that you have to deal with on a regular basis. We all have to deal with, yeah. It speaks so deeply. And I've listened to you on Practice You, and Mm. I, I can feel somebody that is so highly sensitive. And I wonder, what did that look like for you as a child? My sister was born, she wasn't well. And uh, it it was very trying for my parents. It was very, very confusing for me. They were in their early 20s, and they just didn't know how to sort of include me in the situation. So they just sort of kept me away from her. They thought they were doing the right thing there. And I actually wrote her a poem as well uh, about all of that from back then. It was so strange to be so far from my sister and yet so close. And that's when I started kind of putting creativity into my life. My mom got me a drafting table at some point. She got me all these art supplies and she sort of made that uh, a priority for, for, for me. And it, it kept me real together while they were managing with all of that. And that sensitivity that I felt uh, back then where I just wanted to help her, oh my God, so badly. It's all I wanted to do was to be of help there. Um, It developed into, you know, a desire for usefulness and service. You know, at least I could help somebody somewhere. And my whole life became like, how can I be of service here? (laughs) You know, how can I help here? One of the things that my audience is experimenting with, um, Uh a lot of my audience are female. They Mm. are high-performing women. A lot of them are burnt out. And a Mm -hmm. lot of them are trying to find their light again. But... Mm. Their schedules are so stretched, they don't Mm -hmm. even know where to start. And so, you know, I follow you. I know you do these beautiful Wednesday meditations. It seems like a life of freedom and art and creativity and giving. How do you guide people? You know, that's why people come to find you. They need peace. They need 
you're a reflection, a mirror of somebody to help, right? To help find their mm. peace. Where do you even guide somebody to start? I think the most important thing is just to realize that most of the time we're looking kind of outside of ourselves to get some sort of acknowledgement. And I have had for the last three, four years of practice, not just of meditation, all that stuff is there, but, and that's kind of the most important foundation is that sitting every morning, but practice of nonviolent communication of offering yourself empathy is insanely productive. Um, I just wrote a piece on Substack about it. It's called uh, On Talking to Yourself. And it basically walks you through the four steps of nonviolent communication from an internal perspective. There are also four steps uh, for how you uh, communicate with somebody else when you need to use nonviolent communication and you can't break through. Um, but this, this is so important. And I think that this is what draws people to even want to come anywhere near the work that I put out there. It's because I'm doing this for myself all the time. I heard the interview with you and Nadia Bowles Weber, and that, oh, you know, the was, was the sentiment between, that woman is amazing. <laughs> but um, I think if, if we could pause for a minute on nonviolent communication, mm. and there's something as I've been preparing for this interview. And I don't, I put this in my notes and I don't remember if it was something you quoted or a guest you had, but it was Judith Lassiter. And she had a saying, or somebody had a saying, how human of me. Yeah, that's exactly how it I ends. Thought that was so amazing. Like, why do we, why, why do we put ourselves on the hook so much? So can you explain why do you call it nonviolent communication? I don't call it that. Um, this is an, a, a very tried and true method that was started by Marshall Rosenberg decades ago. And he has taught this for many years. It's very, uh, it's, it's pretty widely known where you create for yourself a moment of pause where when you're feeling a wrinkle in the matrix, you're feeling a, a ruffle inside, you begin offering yourself empathy by taking note of what it is. It goes like this. When I notice this fear, doubtful thought, whatever it is, I feel, let's say, uh, sad, disconcerting, disconcerted, distressed, overwhelmed. You go through the whole feelings list. There's a whole feelings list. We don't even mm -hmm. know how we feel. And you go through the feelings list and you keep it in front of you because it really helps to communicate with it. Because my need for, in this case, when it comes to doubt, which happens all the damn time here, internal clarity, harmony, self-trust, ease, those needs are not being met. How human of me to mm -hmm. feel this way. Mm-hmm. And then I say it a couple times when I hear doubt in my mind about my capacities to deliver value to my clients, I feel afraid, overwhelmed, and distressed because my needs for internal clarity, harmony, self-trust, ease are not being met. How human of me. How human of me. And by the third time I say it, it's like the feelings lost all of their vibes, all of their charge. I feel seen within myself, mm -hmm. and I'm just ready to move forward. So I want to talk for a second about 
the external validation. This is something that I am really struggling with in a lot of ways. I left my corporate job last year um, Mm -hmm. to pursue all of these creative endeavors. And I thought, you know, I was so burnt out. I was working in uh, technology sales for 20 something years. Mm. And I've got kids, I've got, you know, we're a two income household. And I just jumped and said, I have to make this work, you know? So there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of reckoning and Mm -hmm. a reckoning of my value as a human, as somebody that is not earning money like I was before and Mm -hmm. my worthiness. And so Mm. a lot of people feel that if they make this big change, whether it's job or something else, but move closer to what feels like your true authentic self. Are they enough? You know, do you need like all this validation to make it okay? And sometimes you just have to leap. And so I really resonate with the looking at externally. It's interesting. We're, we're trained like that from such an early age. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just what happens. You know, oh, good girl. You peed in your diaper. Oh, good girl. You ate your whole dinner. Here's dessert. You know, there's all these if-then conditionals. Yeah, it's really hard to overcome that. But that is our lifelong work, you know, not being in a society that values the person, the soul. We have to get back there. And I think all of this work, nonviolent communication, meditation, all that, it reorients us in the direction of recognizing everyone's value and including our own. And from that place, it's so connected. You know, you, Allison, you can start creating literally whatever feels good to you. And people will want it because you're being true to yourself. And you'll be able to sell courses and, you know, teachings, whatever, books, whatever you want to put out there. Because it's coming from your heart. It's Mm. useful for you. It's proven useful to you. So when you share it, it's like supernatural. It feels like a reclamation and going through it in real time. The, what is it? The unlearning, like all the cultural conditioning of taking off those shackles. And, you know, I think about you, Elena, that you have created courses and books on a lot of different topics on divorce, on sobriety, on what is the uh, the one you have the course right now for Simplify? You have so many different areas, you know, parenting, you have a course mm-hmm. and all of these things. Where is self-compassion the essence of all of this? It has to be. Each time I think of something that I want to share or create, I let a couple of years go by. And I really find what my voice is, what could possibly be of service, how I would direct the funds when they come my way. And that's how it works. If I'm oriented toward acknowledging my own needs, giving myself empathy, uh, connecting with myself regularly, 
whatever I create is going to be useful. There's no way it can't be. And that's, I'm like encouraging you in the same direction. You know, you have a certain skill set. You have a certain set of understandings, you know, even how to work in a corporate setting, even how to handle a certain set of realities, you know, that you were handling in that job. All of that is useful to you now. Mm. And I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about as you're talking that all of it is useful. The focus, the focus on your self-empathy. So do you feel like these projects for you are intuitively led? For sure. You know, and, and one thing that um, you have been really public about is aging and mm-hmm. going as you age, really embracing it. And yeah. I want to understand, there's something I noticed about you, and this could be totally me projecting because I am certainly not there yet. I have the Botox and fillers and the hair color every four weeks. I'm 48. And um, I think about, (laughs) it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. So, 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 all right, go on. Let me hear the rest of your question. Okay. So if I'm on Zoom, I'm on a video right now. I am very, very vigilant about my face having a resting smile and Mm -hmm. the aging obviously gravity brings it down it's kind of like the the newscaster female smile you never see a female with like a grimace on her face she's always pleasantly smiling Mm -hmm. and i notice that you have a very pleasant resting smile when you're meditating and i wondered is that your natural face or are you cognizant of that somewhere in your brain so I made a promise to my mother that I would never put any of that stuff in my face. And I want to challenge you that you can stop doing that because it is poisonous, seriously poisonous. And with accrual of time, those toxins can and have in many, many cases, people that I personally know over time become a toxic assault on your body. Mm. You're a beautiful girl, and you don't need that shit in your face. That's poison. Mm. I don't have judgments. I'm just telling you what's true. Poison. Botulism. Okay? Poison. Freezing your muscles. For whom? And this is my mother talking. (laughs) She's coming through loud and clear. For whom? For what? I'm asking. The aging thing is, this for is whom, not about me. Listen, no, 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 it no, is no. for listen, me. It is for me. Listen, for whom are you putting that shit in your face? That's the only question I'm asking. Sorry to confront. It is for me. For what? I cannot stand to look at my face <sighs> growing older. All right, we're going to have a little moment here together. I like this. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Can you identify where in your body growing older, in air quotes, is problematic? Mm. Who, who in your past 
maybe grew older in front of you or said something about aging? Can you can you tap in to what that I is? I would think that my mother never dyed her hair. She always, she went gray and people would yep. say, Judith, dye your hair. And she would say, nope, I really like it. And she looked so pale and so much older. There is, I mean, it is so deep and complicated. So you judged how she looked. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Yes. Okay. First of all, what I have hair standing up all over my body. My mother's name was also Judy. She also never dyed her hair. And she also looked old before her time. Older. Mm -hmm. She was still beautiful. Beautiful. But she did get gray in her 30s. So um, I want to move slowly. And I want to say I fully hear that you felt, and I'm guessing, and tell me if I'm right, that you felt like there was no way on God's green earth that you were going to get old before your time. 100%. Does that feel true? Every day. Okay, cool. Um, do you know how beautiful you are? Mm-mm. Not without, yeah. without all of it. Ah, yeah, da, da, da. Period. Do you know how beautiful you are as a person, as a soul? Oh, yes. Okay. So as a soul, you know, but as an outward being, you don't. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Do you see the dissonance there? Yes. It is frustrating. (laughs) Well, let's let's give ourselves a little bit of empathy for a second. How human of you to feel this way in this society Mm. right now? See, there you bring it back. bloody human of you. How human of both of us to look at our old Judys with their gray hair and be like, ooh, I don't want to look like that. (laughs) Okay? My way, I'm not saying this is the way. I'm saying this is how I am dealing with it. Yeah. Is kettlebells, a ton of greens, a lot of outdoors, a lot of meditation, a month of every year, sitting still, listening to the machinations of my mind. Hold on. Rewind. A month That's of meditation or a month of silence? Just, yes, in January. But that's just uh, me. I can do it more times a year, too. When my kid graduates and moves out, I'm definitely going to mm, be doing more. What does that um, look like? It looks like sitting fucking still and watching your brain produce nonsense and knowing that it's nonsense and learning that when you're not sitting still in the beautiful zendo that's quiet and peaceful, that when you're in a conversation with somebody or you're looking at the schedule and you're seeing it's been four weeks since you got your last injection and you're like freaking out that you want to go again, but you really know that you shouldn't. Hi, it's Allison. Thanks for listening. Did you know that the game-changing ideas shared on this show are things I can help you implement? If you want me in your corner helping you find more time and energy for what fills you up, go to allisonhair.com forward slash collective and sign up for a free exploratory call. Give yourself this time. You will be so glad you did. You have a baseline of foundational trust in yourself. You've watched it happen so many times that you know after a certain number of practices that that thought is bullshit. 
Mm. You don't need this stuff in your face. That thought is bullshit. I have plenty of value to offer my clients. I don't even have time for that thought anymore. It doesn't even pass my field of consciousness anymore. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is in my way of not becoming sort of older before my time was to jump in with two feet to just take care of my body, not to dye my hair, not to put stuff in my face, just to jump in and call myself the elder that I'm becoming at 52. Mm. To call myself that. Here's, here's one I wrote about her, our, our Judy's. Ready? Yeah. It's called Older. <clears throat> I sit down this morning and you're here with me inside my mind. Some ancient need to fix things is bubbling into my morning writing. Your words sound as real as my slippers sitting next to me. There's nothing more important than the truth. I sit very still so I can hear more of you. I make giant spaces around my heart for this fresh field of understanding. They are hurting, so they hurt you. Remember this. It isn't personal. Nothing is. I look toward the closest pile of books. All my doubts silence themselves. You remind me again. This is when nobody needs fixing. This is when eyes close softly and listen. We got to listen to those people. Your mother knows things. My mother knew things. And to play into this fucked up society. It's so fucked Sorry up. to curse. To play no, no, no. into this is so wrong. It's so wrong. I'm not saying you're, what you're doing is wrong. If you go back to the doctor in, tomorrow, I'll still be your friend. I swear. But. I'm here to tell you, like hands on your shoulders, dead ass, looking you in the eyes, you are too beautiful for this. Mm. You, you do not need this. Yes. But I think it begs a wider question as well. So I was thinking sure. about Madonna. You know, there, she was at the Grammys and her face pulled all the way back, you know. And mm -hmm. everyone had opinions about it. And she said, fuck you. I didn't listen to you then. I always do what I want. And sure. then I read some articles about how nuanced it is because she has her own beauty line and how much she shoes people away for aging, but kind of plays into it. It is a fucked up, mm -hmm. interesting concept and one that I mm -hmm. have not tackled on the show um, yet because it is I think is we're here now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is an awakening of just oh my God. how deep it is of how strong I'm clinging to the youth, mm, to yeah. appearing pleasant and appearing a certain way and not looking in the mirror and seeing bags or lines or pasty face. Baby, I you know? see bags and lines all the time. Listen, I see it all. It's all happening on my face. How do it you love it? How I do you love, love it? I love my face. I love myself. I love this person. I love her effort. I truly appreciate the 
care and earnestness with which I approach everything. And when I look in the mirror and I see all of that, I think, holy God, I raised a great man. I've been through many relationships. I loved my mother the best that I could. I take care of my work and my people the best that I can. I deserved and deserve these years and these markings of these years. Mm. These are part of my birthright. This is, we have to learn how to love ourselves, sister. We don't know. We're not taught. We're taught to hate our bodies. Mm. We're taught to hate our faces. We're taught to hate our hair. Everything is wrong. Everything can be fixed by this thing or this cream or this whatever. What happened? I have to now practice as a 50-year-old woman. I had to learn how to love myself. I had to practice caring for myself. I had to practice listening to myself in the way that we did earlier where we were talking about self-empathy. When I hear this doubt cross my mind, I feel so distressed because my need for self-trust isn't being met. Like I had to learn that. I have to practice it every day. That is the exact opposite of what any commercial, any ad in a magazine. I don't even, I haven't had a TV in 25 years. Really? It's poison. No television, no comparisons. I don't look at newspapers. When I need news, I go get it for myself. Nothing bombards me without my consent. As I'm hearing this, and one of the things that had me stand up in attention, and I didn't say this recording, but I, I talked to you beforehand, that the way I found you is that my girlfriend who was getting a double mastectomy, was scared shitless. She put together this playlist of your work, your spoken word, uh, called you Healing Heart. You have to give me Heart. her address. You have to I give will. me I sure I'm will. I'm going to go ahead and send her a couple of things. Oh my God, she would love it. So she sent yeah. it out to her friends and said, please send your good vibes. Please pray for me. Please listen to this. Yeah. So I went... Um, and I live in this uh, walkable neighborhood and went down this path and put my earbuds in and I put it on and just started crying. And the reason why and why it was so distinctly different from all the self-help bullshit that I listened to mm. is it was the first thing that made me feel like I was not broken that I was perfect as I was. Wow. And so for that, I thank you for giving me and all the friends that I shared it with, you know, turned around and shared it with and said, holy shit, this will change your life. It, it was such a stark contrast from... Mm. And, and no disrespect to any of these people, but like Mel Robbins and uh, Rich Roll and all these amazing podcasters that are doing incredible work and uh, Glennon Doyle, but all of the titles are fix this, this is broken, manifest that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I am not broken. I am not broken. And you were the door that opened that for me. And then uh, I don't know if you know who Asia Suler is. I don't. 
She just wrote this book called Mirrors in the Earth. I'd highly mm. recommend reading it. And it is about how the living world, nature, also brings you back home. And I think, mm. you know, with your work, Elena, your work, you say over and over, welcome home. Welcome mm-hmm. home to your body. And it in that piece, yeah. Oh, it's just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. So I, I thought maybe we will close on one of your spoken words, if I may. Sure. May we remind ourselves that what hurts is a luminous teaching. May we untangle that pain from the majesty of our being. May the fullness and the emptiness be an opening and expanding. May this love, this dedication, this place of peace be our softest landing. May we remember that our actions have an impact on all humanity. And may we say what's been said with kindness, with dignity. May the next breath carry us home again and again, instantly. Elena, can you tell me, Mm. can we take one deep breath together? Can we do this? Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) Of course. All right. If you're listening to us right now, just take a second to either lie down or sit tall. Feel the two sides of your heart kind of gently, laterally expanding out to the sides. And then the next breath comes in and it really fills that whole cavity, center of your chest. And when you exhale, you can just let everything kind of settle and rest for a moment. And then inhale again. And exhale. And you keep your eyes closed for a moment. Just let a few very natural breaths go by. Seeing the mind producing thoughts and also seeing what's beneath those thoughts, what's before those thoughts. Your capacity to see them at all. Just take another couple of breaths here like that. slowly, very gently begin to blink your eyes open. Smile. And maybe even put a hand on your heart. Just give yourself a moment of total recognition. You earnest, beautiful being. Thank you for doing your best always because that's all you're ever doing. Thank you, Allison. Mm, I was not expecting that. All I wanted you to say was take one deep breath because that's what you say over and over. But I got such a a gift. I said a little more than that. Oh my God. I got such a treat. Thank you. (laughs) 
Well, we all did. I, I, we needed that. And I just want to reiterate something. It's very important. Mm. I have no judgments about your choices regarding your beauty. But I do want you to know that if you get older naturally, you will be as lovable, as beautiful, as efficient, as productive, as useful as you would be if you were to continue on this path. Mm. There is no difference in the quality of your being. Please know that. Thank you. You're welcome. Elena, you are amazing. Thank you for that. How do people work with you? You have a lot of offerings and such amazing work out there. Easiest way is just my website, elenabrower.com. What a gift. Thank you so much, Elena. Thank you so much, Allison. It's really a pleasure to know you. Wow. Like I said, this conversation with Elena Brower really turned my head all the way around and left me flapping in the wind. So what did we learn today? What did we learn today, late learners? Could you let go of all the trappings of our youth-obsessed culture and embrace the grays and wrinkles? And honestly... I really am doing some deep excavation around my fears of disappearing into society if I do, or just vanishing altogether, not being seen. It's crazy, right? It's deep, it's real. We are going to have some more meaningful conversations around this in future episodes, so make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast, Late Learner. If you want to get a hold of Elena Brower and follow her work, I've linked her info in the show notes along with some of the resources mentioned here. And if you feel like this conversation gave you some food for thought or had some strong opinions about it, Please share it in your own circles and take 30 seconds to leave a great review for me on your favorite podcast player. And feel free to reach out to me as well. You can DM me, go to allisonhair.com, whatever. It means the world when I hear from you. And if you are looking to join a powerful mastermind of mothers who know they are made for more and want to get together with others, let's have a chat. Go to allisonhair.com forward slash collective and let's talk. And as we wrap up today, I promised you a second round of the good stuff to close us out. The surprisingly true useful fun fact. UCLA did a study in collaboration with an international team of scientists. And what they found is that people all over the world help each other every two minutes. Eight out of 10 people help each other without even thinking about it. There is kindness everywhere. You know, I read this and it was a great reminder to quickly pick up something a stranger drops or hold a door. You know, that kindness is contagious. And when you witness it, you are reminded that we truly do live in a kind and a beautiful world. So ask yourself, who can you be a blessing for today? Be good to yourself so you can be better for others. Thanks for being here and I'll see you next time.